You're listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, good evening. My name is my name is Bjorn. Uh, I uh, regularly attend the AM service, and great to be with you this evening. We are in. Uh, this series of more, as, as, they, as they said in announcements, which Britt said, and the series is about, really, about us wanting more of the Holy Spirit. And I don't, I'm going to be honest with you this morning, I don't think I've ever been this excited about speaking before. And I get excited about speaking, like I love speaking, I love uh, sharing with you, but I don't think there's anything, I don't think I like, literally have not been this excited about it. so I'm actually quite excited about this, what I'm going to share with you. Uh, I've been praying that the Spirit would speak to you. Um, this, ex- this series is, is really critical. I'm going to use that word, critical to what is going on here at Red. Sarah said when she launched this series that this is the most significant series. She's still nodding and still agreeing. Uh, that this is the most significant series that we have ever done at Red. I mean, if we listen to uh, the videos that we've been seeing, there's, 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 God is doing something and stirring in people that, uh, that people are seeking more of the Spirit. I, I have the privilege of working on staff and getting here to hear some of the stories that go on uh, on the floor of what, what incredible things that God is doing as people are, are pushing into more of the Holy Spirit. And personally... Some stuff is happening in me. I'm just going to put it like that. That the Holy Spirit is doing things that I never imagined. See, this series, often we get up the front here and we want to teach and we go, okay, listen, come on board. This is what, what's what we see in the Bible. This is what God wants to speak to us today. And we want you to come on board with what, what we've been teaching and what we're talking about. But in this series, you'll find, and, and talking to some of those others who are, uh, are teaching in this series, that this is this more of the Holy Spirit is actually a bit of uncharted waters for us as well. That we're on the journey that you're going on is the same journey that we're going on, and the stuff that is happening in my life. Like I, sometimes I don't feel uh, academically qualified to speak on the Holy Spirit, but the stuff that God's doing, I feel like God has given me a spiritual authority to get up here and tell you what's going on. That trumps academic authority. It trumps. Uh, social authority. It trumps age authority. I'm younger than Sarah. I haven't turned 40 yet. Um, <clears throat> try to get that in as much as I can, Sarah. Um, only by two months, but uh, that's all right. 40 this year. But this is uncharted territory for me. This is something very exciting. It's, it's, I'm, this is, this, if something is stirring in for you, it's, same thing is happening to me. Same thing is happening to others who are in the leadership team here. We've been teaching about what we see in the New Testament, especially in Acts, where the Spirit is so actively involved in the lives of the followers of Jesus, especially after the the gift of the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, which we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks. And when Sarah launched this series, she talked about, uh, she used the term lifting the lid, giving a peek inside of, of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And a significant series, and, and the thing is, I want to say, why is this so critical? Why is this so critical? Well, we started with a story about a fish. I'm going to retell that story in case you missed out on the first 
uh, week that Sarah told that. And I want to remind you again about what it really uh, we've been looking at. Um, in this series, we've been, we've been uh, looking at the uh, Simon Ponsonby Book of More, hence the title of our series. Or This is also The More and The More Than Me. And uh, he's got some incredible stories, and I encourage you, like we've got a stack of these books arrived. Uh, there's heaps on the, on the bookstore for you to buy. If I was to recommend one book on the Holy Spirit, this is the one I'd recommend. It's an incredibly well-balanced book. There's some other books there, Everyday Supernatural by Mike uh, Pivolacci and Croft. Um, recommended those readings. But Ponsonby, in the Book of More, he, he tells this story of he, he was on holidays with his family in France, and he got up in the morning and he was spending time with God, and he sort of had a word from God that says, today I'm going to re- reveal something to you about the church. And so he went off and did all his holiday things. He went some sightseeing with his family and nothing happened. He's like, all right, I'm sure there's something happening. You know. So he went back to his cottage. <clears throat> he went back and uh, was sitting in his, in his room and the story tells him his daughter, sorry, his kids and his wife were calling out to him outside. Hey, Simon, come, and, come out here, come, come out here. Dad, come out here. And as he comes rushing out and there's this big pond and in this big pond, there's a really deep end that's, of the pond that's filled with water, and it's sort of graded, and there's this shallow end. And in the shallow end, there's this, this beautiful, massive, golden carp that is sort of slightly stuck in the mud, flipping and flapping around. I don't know if that's the right word for what a fish does. Flipping and flapping. It is now. That's what I'm going with. And, and it's just in like a couple of centimeters of water. And this water is enough just to sort of just barely gasping. It's just struggling and it's breathing and it's trying to get. And as it's wriggling and it's moving, it's getting deeper and deeper in the mud. And so I was like, this thing is really struggling. And he gets a knife and he, and he knife, not a knife. He gets a stick and he tries to sort of push it and it's not working and it's getting more and more stuck. And so he goes, he grabs, I think he said a trash can lid and he sort of eases it onto, onto the lid and he sort of takes it across and he drops it into the deep end of this pond. And it just lies there. And they're watching and watching and waiting. And then all of a sudden this fish comes to life and it's darting, it's swimming and it's so happy to be in the deep end. And as he was walking back to his room, Simon said, this was the vision that God gave me for the church. And this is what he says. Almost immediately, as we headed back to the cottage, I sensed the Lord speaking to me. And he says this, the church is like that carp. Mature, distinguished, and impressive. She has lived long, fought hard, eaten well. It was a big carp. But she has left or been lured out of the deep waters. And here she is stuck in the mud and suffocating. Occasionally, momentary relief from the odd spiritual warding cannot save her. Her only hope is to get back to the deep water. It says here, many Christians have tragically departed from the deep waters of God's life-giving Holy Spirit. And like fish out of water, they are slowly suffocating. Our only hope is to get back to the deep water. This is why this is critical. We feel like sometimes, I don't know if you feel like that, we're in the shallows and we're sometimes with our faith, we're gasping for breath and we're barely hanging on. I believe part of, a part of this has been, and Sarah pointed this out, is... Often, and this is what I'm talking about my upbringing here, that often we thought of God as the Father, 
We talked about a lot, we talk a lot about God the Father. We talk a lot about God the Son, who is Jesus. But this Holy Spirit thing, I don't know if you can read that. Little asterisks there. God the Holy Spirit is like a footnote in the corner of our page where occasionally we might talk about it or if we read about it, we brush over it. But this is critical for us to get back into the deep end. And Sarah talked about it in the start, and I just want to recap some of the stuff she said, was that Jesus said, it's better that I go. He says, it's better. Why? So that, that you can get the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you a question. Who, like, if, who would you want preaching up here today, me or Jesus? Shout it out. Who? But honestly, I would want to see Jesus out here. I'd love to get off the stage, get Jesus up here and preach. But he says, it's better that I go. And that someone else is up here who is filled with the Holy Spirit is preaching. We have people who, who often we have people praying on the sides uh, sometimes. And uh, who would you want praying for you? Would you want our prayers or do you want Jesus? Who would you go to? Right? Like there'll be a line out the door wanting Jesus to pray for them. Right, I feel sorry for the other prayers, some inadequacy feelings coming in there, right, while everyone's getting prayed for Jesus. But it's better, Jesus said, that I go because you get something else. You get the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we footnote that. And this is the question we've been asking in this series is that we know that there's more. We read in the Bible, but do you want more? You want more of this Holy Spirit that that, that sets the oppressed free, that we see when with the Holy Spirit, we see that the hungry are fed. We see that there's pain that's been relieved. We, we see that the Holy Spirit, that there is this reanimating of a God-glorifying freedom that comes over a person when they encounter the Holy Spirit. The people with the Holy Spirit, we see them, they're marked by joy or they're, they're marked by their strength or they're marked by a boldness. And a sense of freedom that they bring, that brings freedom to us as well. We've met people like this, haven't we? Those who are swimming in the deep end. So the question we're asking is, we're in this series, we're saying, we want more of the Holy Spirit. And the question is, do you want this? And I'm going to assume that your answer is yes, because I know I want it. A lot of people I've been talking to on the, in the congregation and the ground here are saying they want to. In fact, I don't think I've ever met a Christian who said, no, I don't want more. I don't think a Christian who just goes, you know, I'm happy where I am. I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm, I'm not that fussed back anymore. Um, but they, everyone I know is like even those from who, who, who don't have the Spirit to those who are full of the Spirit, they would say they want more. A couple of weeks ago, Joe, talk, Joe Evans, incredible, talked about disappointments and frustrations and expectations that we have of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that, it gets frustrating because we've asked for more and we haven't got, and we've asked for something and, and God hasn't responded to it. And we, we, we sort of wrestle with that. And she talked about that wrestle. But this evening, I want to ask, is it possible that there are things in our hearts, things in our minds, things in our lives that stop us from receiving more of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you haven't received the Spirit because when you, for those who have followed Jesus here, that those of you who've declared that Jesus is your King and your Savior, that was the Spirit doing that. You have the Spirit. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about 
getting more of the spirit. That sometimes like we're swimming in that shallow end, struggling, but I'm talking about getting back into the deep end. So tonight I have been tasked, as we went through the teaching team, tasked with identifying the blockages to, the, to getting more of the Holy Spirit. And in Simon Ponsby, he talks about it as being the, the handbrakes to the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know why I get so, like, like, initially I didn't really want to talk about this. I mean, I got put with this one, gets to talk about being filled with the Spirit. I'd rather do that, come on. You know what I mean? Like last week, Sarah's talking about gifts. It doesn't get better than that, Sarah. But I have to talk about blockages, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, Lord. Why do I have to do this, yada, yada? Even though actually it was in the list. I made it, I made the list, and it's all like, oh, this is what I'll do. Um, I still in the end, like, why did I do that? But something has happened to me. I'm going to use that. In the last couple of weeks, I've seen the Holy Spirit do some incredible stuff in my life to seek more and more, and it's reframe my mind. And tonight I'm going to ask you to just sort of reframe your mind, because if everything comes through the Spirit, if our lives are guided by the Spirit, if our gifts that, that are given to us come from the Spirit, if the, our service to the church as we use those gifts comes through the Spirit, our church needs us to be filled with those gifts and needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if that's the case, wouldn't I do everything I can to get more, including finding out what might hold me back? That's why I'm excited to speak today. Sarah said this is a time of preparation. Right, part of preparation is working out, as Jenny said last week, in, uh, did you mention the evening service? Uh, about a well that needs to be cleaned out. This is the preparation time. So get excited because there are people who are getting more and more of the Holy Spirit and are coming alive. But we've got to prepare ourselves. So I want you to be excited. And I'm hoping that the Spirit would speak to you tonight. You know what? I'm going to, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray that tonight that you would speak to us. In fact, no, I'm going to ask now, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to come and be with us. As we listen, as we learn, as we prepare. As you want to speak to us. As you desire that more for us as well. So I'm going to ask. I've asked that the Spirit would talk to us today. And, I, and one of the things that if, if as I'm speaking... And your heart maybe goes, and you feel it in your chest, or the God is, or the Spirit is. That's the Spirit most likely doing something. I pray that that this wouldn't be a a word of condemnation from the enemy, but rather that you would desire so much more of the Holy Spirit tonight, that you would take action. Like the waiting is not a passive waiting; it's an active waiting. That you would take action and step into what God wants you do, to do to get more. So I'm going to look at Simon Ponsby. He lists about six or seven things. And, and I asked the Spirit, because I'll be here forever. I don't know if you've got two hours. I'm more than happy to talk. No one's saying yes. Okay, I'm going to cut it back. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I've, I've dialed them down to four um, because they're the ones that I think the Spirit wants me to talk about. And I'm just going to go through them and I'll ask that the Spirit does what the Spirit has to do because I can't do it. Is anyone nervous or uncomfortable? That's good. Is anyone excited? Sarah's excited. Yes, that's what I mean. Come on. All right. And I'm just, I'm just going to start. I'm going to read what Ponsby says before he, he, again, get this book. Great book. He says this. 
It's a bit hard, but let's read it anyway. (laughs) Despite the invitation from God in his word, sorry, this is not his word, his Bible, over there, sorry, and his constant wooing by the Spirit, despite the illustrations throughout Scripture and church history of God responding to those who press in hard after him, there still seems to be a reluctance on the part of many Christians. Good one, Simon. Good one. All right, let's kick this off. So I'm going to get through this for them, and I want to get through them. Just listen out for the Spirit. That's what I want to encourage you to do tonight. Just listen out for what the Spirit is saying. The first thing, or we got to, Simon, like I said, calls them blockages or, or handbrakes to the Spirit. The first one that I want to, want to talk about is about us just not getting more of the Spirit. Something that holds us back is this. If you're taking notes, write these down. I encourage you throughout the week as you spend time with God to sort of work your way through these and, and see if these are blockages for you. Because I know you want more. I know you do. An unexpected heart. We don't get more of the Spirit because we don't ask for more of the Spirit because we don't expect anything from the Spirit. And sometimes that's because we don't even know about the Spirit. In the, in the book of Acts, which talks about a lot of the incredible things that the apostles were doing, uh, we've got a, in Acts 19, you don't have to turn there, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, we've got uh, Paul, who, who loves the Holy Spirit. He always talks about it. He gets, the apostle Paul talks about it all the time. He's encouraging people with it. Um, he also has hard words for people. Uh, so I feel safe up here today in the company of Paul having a hard word. But it's also that, that he's just so passionate and he rocks up here to Ephesus, a church that he's helped sort of uh, plant, and says there he found some disciples. And when he finds disciples, he gets excited. And he wants to ask them questions about how they're going and what's going on, what is God doing? And he asked them, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The guy is excited. He's like, did you re- guys, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What's their response? They answered, oh no, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. It seems bizarre that what was happening in the New Testament, that as, as lives are transformed, the gospel is spreading, there's, there's a group of people that says, you know, actually, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul prays for them, prays for the Holy Spirit, starts start speaking in tongues and prophecy. It's one of those things we sort of flip over when, when just, oh, we don't understand that. But it's, there's, this, there's a point of the blockages that we don't know. Sarah Hawkins from Outer East came in a couple of weeks uh, to talk to us and give us some teachings uh, about the Holy Spirit with her, her experience. And I tell you now, there is a lot about the Holy Spirit that I did not know. A lot. And I've been up here preaching about stuff, you know, and, and I don't know. It's it ridiculous how much I didn't know. And if I don't know about it, I'm not going to expect this stuff from the Holy Spirit. If I'm not going to expect it, I'm not going to ask. If I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to get more of the Holy Spirit. So maybe the blockage is you just don't know much about the Holy Spirit. Maybe as Nate shared a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on the video, uh, he talked about, well, I actually grew up and no one ever talked to me about the Holy Spirit. Is that right? It, was, it wasn't part of who you, part of, it wasn't part of my upbringing. But Baptist, <laughs> Sarah said Baptist, the death of denominations. Thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> but exactly, that's the same story. We just didn't know about it. So we, we don't expect it. We don't, we don't ask for more. So maybe that's a blockage. Maybe that's something in you, Nate. It's true. 
Maybe you know about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've learned some stuff. Maybe you've maybe you had some bad experiences with it. But maybe you just don't expect it. Expect the Holy Spirit to do anything. You've seen some wacky stuff. Maybe you go, no, that's not for me, and then shut it down. Ponsonby talks about the, uh, he talks about and uses the Lord of the Rings analogy, uh, and he says it's like the, the hobbits in their shire, that they've never left the shire, so they don't know anything outside of what they know. All right? And, and you joke about Baptists, but, but you know, growing up, a lot of us had this, what Ponsonby calls churchmanship. We grow up in these echo chambers, hearing the same thing over and over again. And if no one ever talks about the Holy Spirit, you've never ventured outside the shire. You have no expectation of what the Holy Spirit's going to do. I read recently, uh, just a couple of days ago, post-election, there was this girl who, um, who, who was, who, in the article she had said, she said, I thought I knew everything about politics and was well-informed, but what I didn't realise, I was tra- trapped in my social media echo chamber. Did anyone read that article? Yeah, trapped in which she just heard the same things over and again. She goes, yeah, I know about both sides, but she was just hearing the same stuff that she had originally clicked on. It just kept getting fed back to her. My wife, who's sitting up the back, whom I love dearly, even if she wasn't here, I would have said that. Uh, she, um, she said in her year 10 psych class, she said, we remember the things that back up what we believe. And my wife's example, she gave me permission to tell this story uh, about, she was reading this book, Everyday Supernatural. And this book talks about a lot of uh, oh, I stole this from the bookstore. Make sure someone remind me to return that. Sorry. Um, in, in this book, it, it talks a lot about different stories of people, you know, taking risks, uh, experiencing what the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, some, some crazy stuff in this book. And my wife's reading it, and uh, there's this one story she's reading that Pivalachi talks about. Um, and it's, a, it's a, he's, this guy's on a plane, and he's filled with the Spirit. He, he's a very, uh, like a, uh, lives by the Spirit. And he sits on this plane, there's a man sitting next to him. And the Spirit gives him this vision, and written on this face of this guy says, adultery. And as he's striking up a conversation with the guy, there's a name that the Spirit keeps giving to him. And it's Jane. 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 And he says, like, all right, I've got to take a risk. I've got to ask this guy. And he turns to the guy and he says, does, does the name Jane mean anything? And this guy just broke down. He said, yeah, I'm having an affair with my wife. I'm my wife with, with this woman called Jane. And the book tells a story about how he told him about Jesus, asked him to forgiveness of sins, and this guy became a Christian on the plane, gave his life to Christ on the plane. Now my wife's reading this, and she just goes, oh no, that didn't, mustn't really have happened. And she kept reading. My wife in this series has been pushing into the Holy Spirit, wanting more, and the Spirit's telling her, what are you doing? Don't you expect this stuff to happen? And my wife caught herself going, you know what? I just don't see this thing in my life. I hear stories about it. I read about it. I hear people talk about it, but I've never seen it in my life, so I just don't expect it to happen. And in her mind, and also with her upbringing, similar to mine, she doesn't expect much of the Holy Spirit. God's doing incredible work in her as well as, as, as now. She's like, no, 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 I want to start to expect. Because the thing is, if we don't expect, then we're not going to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. If we're not going to ask for the more of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to get more of the Holy Spirit. 
Is this a blockage for you? Do you, have you maybe been scarred or maybe just don't know or you sort of don't expect anything from the Holy Spirit? My hand's been up. Our bringing that. We don't expect this stuff to happen at all because we just, we just don't think that's going to happen. Yet when I read the New Testament, it happens all the time. And I just flip past those bits because I, I just don't expect it to happen. I've wasted so much of my life mocking and making fun of those who speak in tongues and talking behind people's back because I don't expect this stuff to happen. Maybe this is a blockage that's stopping you from getting more of this Holy Spirit. So we're stuck in the shallows and we need to get into the deep end. I'm going to keep going. The second one that I think the Spirit has asked me to speak about is this. Interesting one. An undiscerned enemy. I have been, I've been sick this week. We had Kingdom Come Night Friday a week ago, uh, and pretty much uh, I, Glenn was driving me home, and uh, as I got home, I literally got into bed, and I didn't get out of bed for seven days, or six days. Got a haircut yesterday. Thank you for those who noticed when I came in. Um, but uh, I haven't been out of bed. and I've been sick with the flu, uh, the whole week. My wife is sick. After Kingdom Night, uh, Tom, who was with me at Kingdom Night, Christoph, who was at Kingdom Night, both of them have been unwell. I have been trying to write a message, this message, all week, and my head is just elsewhere, right? And it's not just that. My, as, I've been, uh, as I've been trying to write this message, I've had this stream of lies just being told to me in my head that what I'm going to say today is, tonight is, is not worth saying that you haven't got anything. Just call Sarah, tell her you can't do it. And next day, call Sarah, tell her you can't. I didn't call you, did I, Sarah? You called me actually to see how I was going. Thank you. <laughs> it was the spirit leading you. But, um, and I, but oh, man, I like, asked my wife. There was a few choice words I made in the middle of the night when I woke up stressed out because I was sick. But also it's like, what's going on? And then I spoke to Tom, who's, the, who's one of the uh, apprentice ministers like Jess, and he said, man, I, we, I've been struggling as well. This must be an attack of the enemy. Give me a couple of months ago, and I'm like, what a load of rubbish. I just had the flu, and I was just sick. And it's just nothing really serious, and, and I'm, st I'm still sick, and I'm, it's the spirit that has given me strength today. But, um, uh, but it's, it's like, come on. Do we believe in this enemy stuff? The time after time, when people have pushed in for more, there's been spiritual attack and the enemy has always pushed back. Tozer says this, A.W. Tozer, Satan has opposed the doctrine of the spirit, filled life, just, uh, life about as bitterly as any other doctrine. The enemy would love for us once we've been saved, just to sit on our hands, grit our teeth, and ride out the rest of the days until we get into heaven, unused by the Spirit. We love that. The last thing it wants us to do is to be filled, filled, as Britt's going to talk next week, filled with the Spirit, to have more of the Spirit, to, 
to have a life that draws other people to salvation, that draws people to know Jesus. A life that overflows with that infectious joy that we could be Jesus to the world. Jesus says, it's better that I go so you can have this spirit in, this, in the world. You see, when we're not aware, when we have this undiscerned enemy, we actually don't realize that we're in a battle. And if we don't know that we're in a battle, we're not going to ask for help. I'm telling you now, we need all the help that we can get. If you don't know you're in a battle, you don't draw your sword. The only weapon is the sword of the Spirit. And you look at the, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit when you look at the armor of God. There have been times here at Red when we've had a real sense of the Spirit moving in incredible ways. And I remember times a while ago, and I thought to myself, man, things are never going to be the same. This is exciting. And the enemy has come. And the enemy has stifled what was done in visible and tangible and physical ways. One of my most prayed prayers throughout this entire series, and I think every day I pray this, that is what is happening here that people are being going into that depth of the water, that there is more that people are getting and they're excited about it and there's that infectious joy and freedom they're getting. My prayer is that, that, that what is happening here doesn't get snatched away by the enemy. I feel like praying about it now. Father, I want to pray about what, what the enemy's doing. I pray for the work that you're doing and the excitement that is among people and the excitement that will be among people. And I pray now for your protection for this church that it won't be snatched away. We need your spirit. We need your help. Is the enemy a real threat in your life? Because as you push in, something's going to come against you. And if you aren't prepared, if you aren't aware of the battle, I'll be honest, you're just going to get taken out. Is this, is this a blockage for you, not, not being aware of the enemy? My hands up. I never think of the enemy. It was never talked about in my church. I need to be more, more aware of what the enemy is doing. It's not part of my normal repertoire. I avoid this sort of stuff. And when people talk about it, I have a tendency to, to hide away from it. We're on this journey with you as well. But maybe this is a blockage for you to getting more of the Holy Spirit. The third one. This is a tough one. I don't really want to talk about it, but I don't have a choice because the Spirit leads and I do what I'm told. Not always, but I do what I'm told. An unconfessed sin. Like I said, it's a tough one to talk about. For me, it conjures up my legalism that I grew up in and, and the negativity uh, that comes around talking about sin. It doesn't always sit right with me. But again, I can't ignore what the Bible says about it. Uh, maybe this is a blockage for you. And this is what some of the stuff. In First Samuel, uh, the Spirit of God departed from Saul following his disobedience, rebellion, and pride. That's 1 Samuel 16. King David, in his adultery and treachery with Bathsheba, he, he, in Psalms, he knew the fear of God's absence, and he repented and he begged in the psalm. He says, take, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. He's passionate about it. The promise of Peter at Pentecost is 
Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. That's an Acts. When Jenny shared about an unforgiven sin, that unforgiveness in her heart towards her dad, that must have been tough, right? His father who abused her, and she said that the Spirit helped her forgive her father. I had a chat to her this morning. And she said the stuff that has been released, the freedom that she's gotten, the more of the spirit that we've been talking about has been elevated in her life in incredible ways. I'm not saying it was easy for her. But when she confessed that sin of hatred and unforgiveness for her father, incredible things started to happen in her life. It was a blockage for her. Like Jenny, perhaps there's someone you need to forgive. That the Spirit wants you to be set free from. So it's not just it's holding you back. And, and you, names maybe are coming towards your mind now and you're getting. But maybe you need to forgive them so you can receive more of the Spirit and not be a blockage. Jenny's word again that she had had last week was about this well and its full of stuff that needs to be cleaned out before the Spirit can pour into it. Well, this is what she's talking about. When I, and, and I don't actually know you guys in the evening that well, I know some of you, uh, and I don't know if I've told much of my story, but uh, God did some incredible stuff to me about six, seven years ago and revealed his grace to me, saved me from legalism, etc., etc. But there was one component of that, and my life has completely changed. It was like day and night, old man, new man sort of stuff. And, uh, and I'm thankful to God for that. Uh, but if you, had, if you had known me uh, and talked to my wife, for the years that we were married preceding that transformation, I was a crappy husband. And that's, that's me trying to play it down a bit, maybe. Ask my wife, she'll tell you some terrible stories. Don't ask my wife, she's, she won't tell you, she's very gracious. <clears throat> but as God was doing something in me and stirring in me, I also had to confess some stuff to her. Not just one thing, but a lot of stuff. See, I, I actually didn't even know that I was a bad husband. She is such a good wife that I didn't even know that the, the, the rubbish that I was putting her through. And I had to confess thing after thing after thing. And the word that defines me now is Freedom. I've never been more free in my life, <laughs> and I love it. But I had to confess, and when I confessed that sin, it's like the handbrakes came off, and I just got so much more. Are there things in your life that the Spirit is putting in your heart to confess? And it's not that, that sin's the problem, because we are all sinners. It's an unconfessed sin that causes us not to receive more of the Spirit. Billy Graham, who, uh, who was well-established in his ministry, was at a conference, and he was speaking, and at, the, at night he went back to his room, and he was struggling to sleep. There was, there was something stirring in him, and he, he describes it as living a second-best life. And he couldn't sleep. So he went in the middle of the night, woke up one of the other speakers, as you do, 
And uh, he, he's like, wake him up, wake up. And he's like, it's like, what is it, what is it? He goes, I can't sleep. There's, there's something going on. And this, this wise uh, um, friend of his said, uh, is there something that you haven't surrendered or something that you haven't confessed? And Billy Graham tells a story that he went away uh, by himself, alone. And he knew that there was one issue that was holding him back, that he, had, he, he describes as, I had to put it to death. And he spent all night wrestling and arguing with God and stirring with him. And finally, he surrendered. And finally, he confessed. And it doesn't say what it is, but he confessed this sin to, to God. And he describes it as that he came back filled with the Spirit. And wasn't, he wasn't just filled with the Spirit. He was, the Spirit actually gave him a vision for his ministry. And he says that vision he gave is what started the Billy Graham revivals. But he had an unconfessed sin that that he had to get off his chest. Again, is there an unconfessed sin in your life? My hand's been up, I've told you my story. There are many times in my life I've had to, had to do this. Just so I could, because I want more of this, more of the Holy Spirit. And there's power that happens when we clean out those wells so the Spirit can fill them. Ask the Spirit puts on your heart sin that needs confessing. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to just come and ask for prayer. But is this a blockage for you to getting more of this Holy Spirit? The last one. I don't want to be here all night because I'm sick. <laughs> I want to go home and rest. The last one is this. An unyielded life. Some of us do not want to be yielded to his will. I'm going to call that out. We want to be in control. We not, not you, spirit. We want to be in control. We want God on our terms and conditions. We want him to serve us, not us to serve him, and we're happy asking something of God, and you should, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you should absolutely ask something of God. But what happens when God asks something of us? Are we pre prepared to give over control to where the Spirit is leading? This is not about being out of control. This is, this is being out of our control and into the hands of the Spirit to take control. Going after the Spirit, I think it's a bit more easy to understand when we understand that the, the gift of the Spirit is actually meant to permeate all parts of our life, not some of it, but all parts of our life. Uh, we, we, we don't go this way and say, hey, Spirit, why don't you come follow me? But the Spirit's going this way, and we should be going, let me follow you. You see, the Spirit is guiding us, like I said, in all aspects of our life. It's like, who is it that made you realize that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and you, for those who are followers of Jesus, and you gave your life to, to Jesus and, and led you to believe in him. Who was that? In 1 Corinthians, it says that was the Spirit. Who is it that's transforming us into the likeness of Christ, removing our sinful, harmful, sinful nature and uh, conforming us to this the divine character of Jesus? Well, the book of Galatians, Galatians says that's the Spirit. Who leads our life? 
who directs our life, who uh, governs our life, who empowers us to be able to actually use our gifts and serve in the church? Who is it that empowers us so that we can be a witness to people out in the world? If we read the book of Acts, it says that's the spirit that does that. Ponzami says, and I love this quote, it's a great quote, the spirit of God is sovereign, it's king, it's ruler, there is nothing else. Not merely for our benefit, I love that it is for our benefit, but also to use us for his. The Holy Spirit is divine dynamite, it's dangerous. And I love this, he blows where he wills. He goes where he wills. He will take us where he wills. He will break us as he wills. He will make us as he wills. He will use us as he wills. It's not he will use us as we want it to be, where we're going, but as he wills. And if this is true, we need to give over our will. We need to give over our control, our unyielded life, so that we can have more. Maybe this is a blockage for you. And it's tough, and I get it. In a culture there where it's, it's all about us and what we can get and what we can do, and we've been talking about this for a long time. We try to hold on to those things that we think bring us life, but actually take it away. Classic example in one of my favorite stories uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 19. There's a rich young man who comes up to Jesus. I'll read it for you. Uh, 19 verse 16. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? He is no different to us. He's going, I want more. I want more. That's what, we're, that's what we're asking here. And he goes, why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. And Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe he's trying to get an unconfessed sin so that he can have more. He keeps prompting him. And he goes, I have, I have it's all these I have kept. The young man said, man, that's impressive. But what's, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. This rich young man says that he went, home, went, went away forlorn, head down, sad because there was something that he couldn't let go of. He didn't want to yield his life to the will of the Father. And we don't actually ever read whether this guy does this and comes back and follows Jesus. We don't hear about it in the Bible. But I ask you the question, how would you respond if Jesus asked that of you? What would be running through your mind? What would you, if I had to give up, sell everything, give to the poor, come follow Jesus? I mean, would you ask the question, like, what would I eat? Like, how can I afford that? Like, what would I wear? It's just like... You know, but maybe I have to stay at home because I can't afford to go out. Wait a minute, do I even have a home to go to if I can't go out? What are, you know, these are the questions that we would ask. But what drives us from not being able to hand over control? What drives us often is fear. The what if, the doubt. What if we hand over control of the spirit? But often it's that fear that holds us back. When we hold back, the blockage has come. That handbrake comes on. 
and we stifle what the Spirit wants to do in our lives and we don't get that more. Is there an area of life that you're holding on to? My hand's up. There's certainly stuff that I need to yield to get more. When the time comes and you're pushing into the Spirit as we are doing in this series and as we're going to do well after, and you hear that challenge that the Spirit is putting you to hand something over, ask the question, how will you respond? This is the preparation time. How will you respond? Maybe you're in a situation in the moment where fear is driving a decision you have to make. Maybe this is a blockage for you. Maybe this is a handbrake. It's the Holy Spirit for you to get more. More. More of the Holy Spirit. An unexpected heart. An undiscerned enemy. Maybe it's an unconfessed sin for you. Maybe it's an unyielded life. Perhaps there's something that the Spirit is speaking to you tonight. As we're pushing in for more, maybe you're finding yourself frustrated, disappointed because you're not getting that, that more. Maybe there's something I've spoken that has struck a chord with you. Maybe there's more than one thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to let you sit with the Spirit right now and ask the Spirit to come and speak to us. Come Holy Spirit. While you're sitting in that, I'm going to tell you one more story. And then we're done. When it comes to the Spirit, I would define myself as a conservative Christian when it comes to the Spirit. I'm the one who is incredibly skeptical of healings when people go, oh, yeah, there was healings. I'm the one who's incredibly skeptical. I'm the one who's incredibly skeptical of people who speak in tongues. I'm incredibly skeptical of people who wave flags at church. You know, anyway, anyway I'll leave that one if you've ever seen that. Uh, I'm skeptical of anything that I can't reason and that can't rationalize and I can't explain. Is there something to do maybe with my math science family upbringing? Very uh, very testing hypothesis, all that sort of stuff. Also a faith which was brought up with people who said that, well, you know, we don't entertain those sort of things. There have been four major moments to my faith in my life. One was when I was 17. I discovered who Jesus was. And I gave my life to him and I got baptised. It was an incredible moment for me. Not for you, but it was an incredible moment for me. Um, the second time was about six or seven years ago, and I already mentioned that, when God revealed his grace to me. And it was light and day, uh, sitting at the back. I've always thought, sitting at the back playing Angry Birds on my phone while Sarah was speaking in my track pants and now up the front speaking. That's light and day to me, all right? I wasted a lot of time on that game. Um, that was the second time. The third time was maybe three years ago. And it's like, well, I've been saved by grace. What do I do now? I felt like I, I was like I was being set free, but what now? 
And God showed me, he opened my mind to what discipleship is. And most of my messages have been here about being about discipleship, that we become like Christ, and it's a training. But the fourth one happened a week ago at Kingdom Come Night. About three or four days before Kingdom Come Night, Again, Sarah Hawkins from Adderis, like I said, came and did some teaching uh, for us. And this is a woman who was filled with the Spirit. This is a woman who has lived experience, you know, having to rely on the Spirit for incredible... And the stories that she was telling were incredible. Uh, and it was a privilege to sit there. It wasn't it a privilege to sit. The staff who were there, yep, they're all nodding. But she, talked, she gave us some teaching. She talked about the fruits of the Spirit uh, and the maturing process that we have to go through, you know, as we, you know, the... Uh, love, peace, patience, kindness, joy, that sort of stuff that, that happens as we mature as Christians. She talked about different roles uh, that, 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 are, that the Spirit gives in, in the church. But he also talked about all these things. This is stuff I'm learning, right? I'm on the journey with you with this. And she talked about these things called power gifts, which, which I think is from 1 Corinthians. Um, and it talked about these things that, uh, like, you know, healings. And I'm like, oh, come on, all right. Healings. And talked about tongues. I'm like, oh, skeptical. And, you know, it's, she's talking about words of wisdom for people or knowledge. You know, that where, like that guy said, you know, there's the name Jane ring a bell. Like, you have no idea who Jane is, but God gives you those words of knowledge. Uh, maybe interpretation of tongues or discernment. Uh, all the stuff Sarah talked about last week. And she was teaching about all this stuff. And she says, it's like a toolkit that God can give you in your time, that the Spirit gives you in the time of need. That, so maybe that when you're praying for someone, you can ask for uh, the spiritual gift of wisdom and sometimes these things it's not like you you get this gift and all of a sudden you're like you know the number one you know MVP uh, superstar gifts use the using of the gifts I don't know what the right term is um, that you like all of a sudden you can heal everyone who walks in your place but it's a training of your gift John Wimbo who is an incredible man who with the gift of healing he prayed for 100 people before anyone got healed after three or four times, I would have given up and said, God, this is not my gift. But he kept pushing, he kept training, he kept seeking, he wanted more. And Sarah's talking about this stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, maybe, maybe this is true, maybe it's not. And then she said something that absolutely blew me away. At the top of the board, she wrote this. She wrote, following the Spirit actually there's a risk. There's a risk the first hundred people you pray for aren't going to get healed and you're going to look stupid. Maybe you've got a, the, the risk is that you think you've got a word for someone and you, you go and share it with them and they're like, yeah, that doesn't really resonate with me. Have you ever tried talking in tongues or tongues happen in front of people? That's a risk, especially when you're standing around me, Mr. Skeptical. I'll be mocking you behind your back. I'm sorry, because I have actually, you guys, sorry. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But there's a risk, and it's okay to take risks. It's okay to get it wrong. Because what she says, we just have to take that natural step. This is what Sarah said. And then God does the miracle. The Spirit does the work. It's not us trying to do all this work. It's the Spirit that does the work. But if we don't take that step, it's not going to happen. So I've got this resonating in my head. And the spirit, as we're trying to seek more in this series, it's like, all right, God, 
this makes sense to me. I'm going to start taking some risks. And I thought, all right, what a better place to take risks than kingdom come night. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a night where we get to experience the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit what's going on. We, we, we repent. We ask forgiveness. We, we, we worship. We praise. It's an incredible night. Always has been. And I thought, okay, my wife and I with the kids, we rock up. We just get, we get there on time. Trying to get kids out the door is hard. But we got there on time. That's, that's a miracle in itself. Um, praise be to God. It's incredible. We get there on time. And I'm like, all right. And, I, and I, my hands are closed. And I'm like, no, I'm going to open my hands. I'm going to take some risks. And I thought, God, whenever you want, whether it's at the middle of the night or the end of the night, then you, you do what you have to do. And I walk in the door and Britt comes up to me. I go, come on, God, let me have a breath, please, before I even get the night started. And Britt comes up to me and goes, hey, Bjorn, you know, Sarah's not here and some of the leaders aren't here, Daniel and Terry, you know, they're in the band. So, hey, Bjorn, I'm going to ask people to come and speak to you and I want you to be able to discern, power gift, discern what they're saying and whether it's right to share. I'm like, come on, come on. I literally just walked in the, God, God, in the door, God, and you want me to take risks. Thanks, Britt. No, thank you. And I come in, and I'm like, okay, I've got to start praying for this gift. So I'm praying, oh, Holy Spirit, give me, the, give me the gift of discernment. Holy Spirit, give me the gift of discernment. And Britt's like, tonight we're going to just worship. We're going to hear from God. Uh, and if you have a word, come see Bjorn or come see me, uh, and we'll talk. And we'll discern if that's a word for, that needs to be shared. I'm like, come on, come on, God, give me the word. Come on, God, come on. I need a risk, risk, risk. I said I'll give you a risk. Come on, let's risk. And then someone starts coming over to me, and I'm like, oh. Ah, uh, all right, go to Brit, go, go to Brit, go to Brit, right? Okay, this is me not taking a risk. <laughs> anyway, so someone comes up to me, and they start saying, uh, I want to share something with everyone. I think there's a word that God's been to tell. And I'm like, all right, God, this is the moment. I have to take a risk. Give me your word of discernment. What are you trying to say? And this person's telling me, telling me, and all I'm getting from the Spirit, and I'm talking staunch, skeptical, conservative Christian here, doesn't believe in this stuff really. And I keep getting, not yet. Not yet. And this person is talking, talking, I'm starting to feel bad, right? I'm like, I don't want to say this to you. Not yet. And I'm like, all right, I've got to say this. And this person's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I actually don't think this is the time yet. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong, but what I'm getting is not yet. And this person turns to me and says, oh, no, no, this is not for now. This is for later in the night. I'm like, good, good work, God. <laughs> I took a risk. And, you, and I'm not saying he always does this, but I took a risk. I'm like, what a great night it's been. But it doesn't end there. I'm worshipping and I'm praying. And there's like words that I don't have to express to the Father how I'm feeling. And this skeptical Christian of the Spirit just starts speaking in tongues. (laughs) Man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so it did feel weird. 
also felt incredibly normal. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm taking a risk here. And it wasn't like a big verbal thing for everyone to hear, but it was something that I couldn't express in my own words. And I didn't ask for the gift interpretation, but God gave me a picture of what I was saying. And it's like when I'm lying in bed and my daughter comes into my room and gives me a hug and just says, Dad, I love you so much. And I couldn't express that to the Father, but the Spirit gave me the words. Because I, I just wanted to tell the Father how much I loved him. That was a risk. I was thinking, thank you, God, that I've taken risks. It's been a wonderful night. But the night's not over. Tom comes up to me and says, hey, Bjorn, we need to pray for someone now. I'm like, are you asking me? Is it someone else? Because this, this is not my, I don't mind praying for people, but this is full on, and skeptical, this is full on deliverance stuff. This is what happens at a kingdom come night. This is my unexpected heart, not expecting these things to happen. This is maybe your unexpected heart, not expecting these things to happen. We go into the side room, Tom, me, and another person, and there's some weird stuff, weird stuff going on in this room. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before. There is, there is someone in there who is like, and I've got permission to share this, fists clenched, writhing on the floor, and Tom going off in his, his, his spiritual tongues, just, lose, just off with the tongues. It's incredible. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, we are praying for this guy, literally holding someone down because of what this, the Spirit is trying to deliver out of this person. Does this sound weird to you? It does to me. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? I find myself speaking in tongues again. Is this what happens when you take risks? And I didn't actually pray over this person. And we sort of like, uh, this person's like, all right, I'm feeling better. And it was really excited and stuff. And then God doesn't stop there. He goes, Bjorn, I want to give you the gift of healing. I'm like, come on. Just let me go with the sermon and tongues and be done. <laughs> right? And, and God gets me down and prays for this person, and it was for a healing of the mind, the healing of the intellect. And God was, and I'm just like, Holy Spirit, give me the gift of healing. Give me the gift of the words to say, if you do and if not. And then he starts to give me this picture. And I'm like, do you want me to share this picture? What if I'm wrong? And I'm like, all right, I promise you that I will take risks tonight. I get down and I'm praying healing of this person and hands on the head and then God tells me to tell this person to go, that God wants to take them back into their past and there is a single point where this all began. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with this and I pray and I say, take this back and I said, I don't know, in my mind I'm like, I don't know if this is anything and this person starts breaking down. We had finished praying for this person. This person starts breaking down and I'm praying, and God is doing something, and he gets up and he says, I went back to my primary school oval, where the voices of self-hatred began. 
And they've been with me today, but I feel like they've been lifted. What is, what is this? This is the spirit at work. This is the more that we're after. This is what happens when we take risks. And like I'm saying, sometimes you'll say something and, or you'll do something or you'll be embarrassed or something, and that's okay. If you don't take risks, the miracle won't happen. Another word for risk is faith. That you would trust in what God is doing. Do we have blockages in our lives that are stopping us from getting more? One of my blockages was risk, and if I, when I took a risk, things happened. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us now. That as we are feeling something, that as, as, as we look to your Bible and we see these incredible things that are happening, and we just don't see them in our lives, but the Holy Spirit says, I want you to have more. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit now to reveal to you, you may already know them, what are the blockages that are stopping you from coming to him? Holy Spirit, come now, minister to us, show us because we desperately want more. We don't want to flounder in the shallows of the water, gasping for breath, but we want to swim freely in the depths of your Holy Spirit, alive, filled with your Spirit excited to follow you once again like that first love we had when we gave our lives to you. We're going to worship again now. There's a great way for us to interact with the Spirit. But I'm actually going to invite you that if there is a blockage, if there is something that is holding you back from getting more of the Spirit, there's a handbrake on the Holy Spirit's. I'm actually going to invite you to come forward. That's a risk. That's hard. So many times I've sat in my chair and not gone forward because I was embarrassed or I felt uncomfortable. I felt people were watching me. But if God is stirring something in your heart, I encourage you to come forward. And if you're a follower of Jesus and someone is kneeling here, down the front, I encourage you to come and pray for them. And while you're praying for them, if you get a vision or word, I encourage you to take a risk. Go for it. Don't hold back. What is the Spirit wanting to do so that you can get more? So that the people you're praying for can get more. As we worship, if you feel like raising your hands, that's a risk. Go for it because the Spirit doesn't want you to hold back. If you speak in tongues, you're not a weirdo like Sarah might think I am. It's okay, but it's okay if that happens because the Holy Spirit is at work in your lives. You are worthy of the Holy Spirit because of what we celebrated Easter, because of what Christ has done, you are absolutely and utterly worthy of the Spirit. Don't think for a second that this is not for you. In fact, we need you to have the Holy Spirit for this church to be alive and to work. We can't do this without you. So, so my prayer for you now is that you would seek more, that you would take the risk, whatever it takes, whatever's holding you back, that you would take it on with action, that you would not sit passively for it by and just wait for you to just suffocate in the shallows, but you would do whatever it takes for this Holy Spirit to be king in your life, to be sovereign. So we're going to worship. I encourage you, stand, why don't you stand with me? Stand, let's worship. Let's not, let's have a, pos- a uh, active posture. And as you feel the need, take that risk. Come down, someone will pray for you.